Swung on high fly. This is tagged by Hammer to the gap. At the track, I indeed the right. That ball just got out of here. This is going to go to the rock This ball's getting small. This is charged. Right back at the track. Seems like the ball's had a lot of life the last couple of nights. Think we go back to back. Here's Adam Engel swinging a long one to left. We're going to have a tie ball game. He did go back to back. I indeed. This is crushed the left center field. This is going to go for a home run. Way out of here. This is is White Sox Weekly. Strike after strike. He is on a roll. Seven straight strikeouts. The wind and the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss and a fastball away. Make it eight in a row for Giolito. Coming off of my year in 18, had a lot of adjustments to be made. I had to fix some mechanical things. I had to fix some mental stuff. And then I was able to have a pretty good body of work. For me, it just makes me hungrier for more. Anderson hits one in the air. Deep into left field. Gordon turns and watches, and this one is gone. Way up into the bleachers. He turned on it, burned on it, flipped the bat, and started running. You know, we broke down my swing, and uh, we made some changes, and uh, it, it seemed to work for me. The Chicago Baseball Conversation. Deep in the right field. On the flagship home of the Sox. It is gone. 720 WGN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome in. I get so excited with the Open. 407 on a Saturday afternoon. White Sox Weekly with you till 5. Then a special bonus half hour to 5.30 taking up to Blackhawks Hockey. Tommy Edwards going to do his final game as the public address announcer for the Chicago Bulls tonight, which means I get to relive my childhood in the 5 to 5.30 hour. Tears will be shed. I will be invoking Elston Turner who, for those of you who get that reference, I'm in love with you. Because he was a great guard who played tremendous defense, couldn't shoot a lick. Darren Jackson has a great jump shot, and I know he misses me, and he was willing to come on White Sox Weekly today in the middle of his offseason. DJ, good afternoon, my friend. <laughs> Hello, Carm. Good to hear your voice, my friend. Did you did you love just getting put on hold there? I was watching Curtis talking to you, and they put you on hold, and there you were doing play-by-play. Did, did, you, did it bring a smile to your face? That was me? That was you, buddy. Oh, okay. No, I didn't even know that was me. So, you know, it tells you. you I thought somebody just did a great job. Like, man, that guy's good. (laughs) How's the offseason, DJ? Where am I getting you right now? You told me that you're in the middle of multiple events today. I got to get a catch-up on your life before I start asking you questions. That's private. I can't share that with you, Carm. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, I know. You're a nosy guy, man. You want all my business all the time, even at work. You're like, hey, DJ, what'd you do today? I'm, like, I'm not telling you that. I mean, Same thing goes when the off season. All I want is like, you know, I had a sweet cup of coffee today. I put it, I put a little different creamer in there. I don't, I don't need the, you know, the deep dark stuff. Just, just give me something. I, I had a, I, I played a little putt putt golf the other day, Carm. I was, I was thinking about you. Lie, something like that, you know. Well, I am following my kids around with their soccer. You know, my daughter's uh, doing her soccer. My son's doing his soccer. Uh, School events seem to just be available for us every single day. Time at the gym, Carm. And, you know, that's it. Just all family dedication time. And the time at the gym, by the way, that's family dedication time, too, because I'd rather not be there. I'm just trying to stay healthy for them. Oh, right, right. I, and I, I think, do they appreciate that? Because I hope they do. They should, right? No, they don't. <laughs> right. How how old are what 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 level of soccer talent are we dealing with here? We got some future pros. Yes, we do. They're 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 just rock stars. But wow. no, 
my my son actually is uh he plays for the school my daughter plays for a school and uh a competitive travel team we just were in vegas last weekend for her for her tournament down there so um she's she's 12 years old he's 14 just turned 15 actually so um she's she's kind of she's got a future she's she's going to do whatever she wants with soccer and um she's kind of that kid that has got it all put together. She's got some speed. She's athletic, and uh, she's strong. So she's kind of our little pride and joy when it comes to watching her go out there and play the game of soccer. And uh, you know, we live vicariously through her now because we can't do anything competitive as adults. We just we sit there in our little lounge chair and enjoy. The most challenging part of soccer is the soccer parent, DJ. Yeah, I know you know this. These are some competitive <laughs> people that are sitting there in those lounge chairs. <laughs> yes, I sit there quietly, minding my business. My wife, on the other hand, she's very vocal, and the kids have to let her know, we can hear you. Do you mind keeping that down, Mom? So, yes, the truism of soccer mom is there. I'm around it every day, and I'm like, wow. I always thought that was something that was just made up until you're around it. You realize, no, it's real. There is the soccer mom catchphrase that is uh, fitting, especially for my wife. Yeah, and just a reminder all the parents out there, we've discussed this before on White Sox Weekly, just know when you go to watch your kid play, you're going to have some emotions. You're going to perhaps <laughs> hate the other kid, maybe the other coach, definitely the referee, and you probably should prepare yourself for those feelings because otherwise it might get irresponsible. Yeah, so for us, yeah, well, yeah, I try to, you know, refrain from any of the coaching from the sideline. I do that up in the booth for baseball. That's enough. There I just set it and take it all in and enjoy the show with my, my girl or the team has a good game. It's, you know, it's just enjoy the positives from the day. Kind of like, you know, when you have a good game that you call for, for, for the White Sox, you take away the positives, leave the negatives behind. Right, right. And that's a straight pro right there. Darren Jackson, radio professional, joining us here on 720 WGN. And, of course, also a TV professional as well in your White Sox career. Let's talk about your guy, Hawk Harrelson, one of eight finalists to go into baseball's Hall of Fame, the coveted Ford Frick Award, which only goes to one broadcaster each year, and this is the fourth time that Hawk has been up for it. Uh, I, we'd all love to see him in there, right? Wh- who's done more for baseball than Hawk Harrelson? I mean, I, you can name a couple, but he's right there. Well, obviously, the number one thing that any other broadcaster or, or anybody in the television business would bring up when it came to Hawk, because obviously I worked with him for nine years, and and uh, it's his catchphrases, it's his hawkisms, it's it's the things that they have stolen from him and have made universal throughout Major League Baseball or Minor League Baseball. I've had people come with me and say, uh, when you see Hawk, he's going to know that I, I took this from him. And I'm like, of course you did. And you know what? I think that in itself has changed the game of baseball. He's come up with the nicknames, the catchphrases, and the uh, animation in itself and the enthusiasm and yes, of course, being a homer, he's always been proud of that fact. That's never bothered him. Um, I, I just, I just don't think there's been anybody that you can put. All those great broadcasters that are up for the award are all historic, amazing uh, broadcasters. But if you're going to sit there and try and just, I mean, I don't know. I can't say discredit because there's been a lot of uh, naysayers about Hawk's career when it came to his homerism in particular, which. Uh, the White Sox fans absolutely love because he should be pulling for his team. He's the guy that kind of set the standard for that. I think this guy's above and beyond the call of duty when it comes to being able to 
get the job done, and he should be in the Hall of Fame. It's or win the Ford Frick Award, you know. So for me, um, I think it's time. He's been up, as you said, four times already, and this is the time. This is the time that he gets in because he's deserving, and I think that's uh, enough said because the nation knows who he is. Anybody that you go, any ballpark, they all say, Oh, yeah. Is Hawk still broadcasting, whether it be good or bad, when you're in a visiting t- town, they know who he is. Has he ever mentioned to you how much it would mean to him? Um, no, absolutely not. Never never said one thing about it to me, and he's not that kind of guy that's going to sit there. And, and we've had a lot of conversations, obviously. He's not that guy that's looking for himself. He's looking for those around him to to talk about them. He's not going to sit there and toot his own horn when it comes to awards, that's for sure. So um, I think he'd love it. I think this would be one more feather in his cap in his life in the game of baseball. So, you know, as a player, broadcaster, and all the other parts of the game that he was in, this would just finally be that final straw that kind of put him over the top in his career. So he's not sitting at home necessarily counting the minutes, but – he definitely cares, right? You gotta care. Why wouldn't you? Well, yeah, of course he cares, and I think he cares more. And knowing Hawk as well as I do, he cares more about it for his family, yeah. for his friends, not necessarily for him. He cares about it for his his family to be able to say, you know, my dad was a Ford Frick Award winner. Simple as that. And it, my 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 grandfather. I mean, that's his legacy. And I think for them, he would want it way more than him. He. He doesn't really care about that. Here's a guy that goes out and lives his life. That's what he wants to be known for, a guy that definitely never got cheated in a moment in his life. He's lived it. And there, listen, there, and there's great names on the list for the record. Dwayne Stats and Mike Shannon and Pat Hughes and Joe Castiglione and Tom Hamilton. They're all great names. But yes. but, but to the uniqueness and also, I mean, I know it's the Fort Frick, which is for announcing, but if you know, there there should be some part of it that look, he played. He's an ambassador for the game. There, there there should be a whole body of work consideration in here, at least in my mind. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I I really think your key there was the uniqueness. There's there's nobody in the game nowadays that does what he has done, and that is come up with all the nicknames, the catchphrases. And it kind of transcends just the broadcast itself. It's it's Hawk Harrelson. He is legendary. And I think if there's a requirement that you need to be a recipient of the award, is you've got to be memorable. And he's definitely that. Yeah, I mean, from you can put it on the board and all that. That phenomenal. But uh, literally one of my favorite calls that he ever had. White Sox are playing the Cubs. Aramis Ramirez of the Cubs. It's a grand slam. He doesn't say one word, and then maybe 30 <laughs> seconds, 40 seconds afterwards, it's 4 nothing Cubs. That's it! <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and you know what, Carm? That's what I learned from him when I went up into the broadcast booth, is how to lay back, let the crowd noise, let the moment just seep in and accept it. He didn't have to say anything at that moment. He made the call. Everybody knows what just happened. So I love that about him. He, it, that's where it doesn't become about him anymore. And obviously, he's very emotional about what he just saw. So when he's laid back, it wasn't just for the drama itself. It's because he was heartbroken of what had just had happened, and he couldn't take it. So it was a combination <laughs> right. of being a broadcaster 
and I can't believe what I've just seen. Right. You know he wants to puke. You know he doesn't want to say anything. He doesn't say anything. And then his own form of vomit was for nothing Cubs. I'm going to go. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. Uh, all right. Let, let's talk a little bit on the field. I know you're you're uh, somewhat short on time here, DJ. Who, If you could pick, and I'm going to take Garrett Cole off the table, uh, but if you could have a Darren Jackson wish list for one thing, free agency wise in the off season, anyone come to mind? Uh, uh, one guy, in, in free agency wise, obviously, and this is not a, this is not a just front runner kind of thing. It's a Brayu signing back. Okay. Um, I, I think he's that important to the organization to the locker room and obviously like the freaking American league and runs bad at end. So his production, if he's not back, is going to sorely be missed. You can't really replace it. So, uh, stand, stand close to home of, of him being part of this organization still. So, um, other than that, if we were to go outside the organization, uh, you know, there, there's, there's one guy that if you could acquire him, uh, and I'm not sure if he's a free agent or not. And I think he, I think he is. I, even though I know the numbers, the splits aren't great, but this is a guy that I'd like to have, and uh, it's it's Charlie Blackman. Interesting. Leadoff man, top of the order. Dynamic outfielder. And, yes. it's. I want guys, I want somebody that not only provides good offense, but he's great defensively. You can't. You can't weaken your team defensively. You've got to get stronger. So it's got to be somebody that is offense and really, number one, defensively minded. I mean, there's only so many Rendones and, and Arenados out there, but those are the kind of guys you want. The Chapmans, the Arenados, you know, guys that can flat out mash, but they're great defensively. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a smaller scale of somebody like him. If you can go get a Jock Peterson, and not necessarily a free agent, guys like that that can hit, and a solid defensively. It's not a gold glover, but he can play. I like that, too. Let, let's just say for argument's sake that the the White Sox dubbed the outfield market to be too steep, not worth it. Nicholas Castellanos or whoever is, is out of their price range. They don't want to take a flyer on a guy like Yasiel Puig. What would you think about having Adam Engel in center, Robert in right, and then Eloy in left? Because you, that that, as far as you're talking about catching the baseball... Maybe you're getting offense elsewhere. Maybe you're getting it from Abreu. Maybe you add some. Maybe you add some pitching into the rotation, and you're going to catch everything out there. I, I don't think that's a terrible option. Well, if it's the only option, I, I have no problem with that. You, you still need the offense, and Luis Roberts, you know, run through the minor leagues, but he's not proven at the big leagues yet. The defense, yeah, I've seen him play enough in spring training. Just his instincts, his uh, initial move. I know the guy can play, and everything I've heard about him defensively in the minor leagues is he's outstanding. And obviously, we already know what you're getting in Adam Angle. This is you know platinum level type defense that he can provide. Eloy obviously has a lot of work. He improved throughout the year. That's great. But I still, you know, look for me. The best thing you can ever do for your fan base is pitch it and catch it. And if you get the guys that can hit while they're catching it. That's awesome. But the worst thing you could do is have the ball hammered all over the place and guys chasing it like they're chasing their tails in the outfield after it's gone through the legs of an infielder. Uh, I mean, you know, we don't need to be the Keystone Cops out there. <laughs> you got to pitch it and catch it, number one. Yeah. Yolmer Sanchez getting a gold glove, DJ. How about that? Oh, man, there's a guy that deserved it. 
I mean, as phenomenal as he played all year long at second base, out of the gate made, what, three, four quick errors, and then from there went 80-plus games without an error. Finished up with a couple of them, but he was great. I mean, he was great at second base. And that is a, you know, and all the talk is about uh, Madrigal coming in and uh, replacing Yolmer and all this. But look, you know, Yolmer Sanchez maybe offensively dropped off a, a bit last year. But you look at the year before that, and uh, his numbers offensively were really good. You put gold glove caliber right next to that. See, he's tough to replace all of a sudden. So I always look at it this way. Someone like Yolmer, if you're worried about what he provides offensively, then you got a lot of work everywhere else offensively because he shouldn't be your concern. It should be all the other guys that are hitting on the team other than him. See, that's that's kind of how I look at it with Yolmer. It's like, look, uh, it might be a couple more dollars than you want to spend for a backup if Madrigal is here, but he's a tremendous insurance in case Madrigal perhaps struggles, A, or if anybody gets hurt in that infield. Let's say Moncada gets hurt. Or let's say you have an outfielder that gets hurt and you want to get creative with a guy like Moncada. I doubt you would do that, but Yolmer gives you a lot of flexibility if he's on your roster. Well, he can play. I mean, there's a lot of value there with Yomer Sanchez. Um, I mean, not just what he does defensively, but obviously the way he has been with his teammates and yep. the media and everything else. I mean, he's loved. He's, he's, he's a Chicago guy. He's worked hard to be that. Now, obviously, when you talk about finances, that's out of our hands. That's where the front office comes into play, and they're balancing the books, and they already know what they're doing. So um, I'm just talking strictly what I see as, as a player, value and i just know that he can play and he can help any team that he plays for yeah no doubt dj great to catch up with you my friend i'm out of time but uh i always appreciate when you take a couple minutes and have fun with the rest of your day congrats to your kids on the soccer performances keep it rolling and uh (laughs) happy thanksgiving Uh, my friend thanks tom always appreciate spending the time with you my friend you have a great rest of the show and you too enjoy the holidays thanks for doing it dj appreciate you all right, Tom. All right, Darren Jackson with us to start off White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. Give the gift of White Sox baseball the season with a holiday pack. It's starting at $45. Each pack includes four ticket vouchers for the 2020 season, along with an exclusive White Sox holiday blanket. Get yours today at WhiteSox.com slash holiday packs. It's White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Radio You're listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly till the top of the hour. And then we'll have a little bonus half hour taking up to Blackhawks hockey. Tommy Edwards doing his final game as the public address announcer for the Chicago Bulls, which is my childhood. And I guess... A great part of me being an adult as well, so we'll touch on that. And then Mitchell Trubisky had one of the odder press conferences that I've ever heard Mitchell Trubisky have. So we'll do some of that as well coming up after 5. A.J. Brzezinski's coming up here in a couple of moments here. We talked to A.J. last week. Just wanted to bring a little bit back for you. Reminder that Pick 10 plans are on sale now. You can get ready for the 2020 season with this flexible and affordable ticket plan. You can pick your games, your opponents, your schedule with lower-level plans starting at just $205. Visit WhiteSox.com to pick your plan today. White Sox doing something a little bit interesting as far as adding to their coaching staff. Danny Farquhar, who, of course, you remember uh, for 
uh, when he nearly passed away, really, in the dugout when he collapsed and had the brain injury. And he tried to make his way uh, back to the big leagues with the Yankees, and it did not work out. He's 32 years old, and so now he's moving on to be a pitching coach uh, in the White Sox minor league system. And we're going to talk to, I think, Danny next week, uh, or in the next couple of weeks at least. But quote, this was in Scott Merkin at MLB.com, I love my new job. It wasn't in the cards for me to continue playing. I don't have any regrets. I busted my butt to get back to where I was in 2019 for the season, and I just honestly wasn't good enough. And I said, that is in the past. It's time to move on. For the next phase in my life, I always wanted to be a coach, and I think I would excel the most in professional sports, which is where I am. So, hey, here's a guy that uh, you know went to AAA with the Yankees, Scranton Wilkes-Barre in 2019, doing his best to come back from that brain aneurysm, which happened back on April 20th of 2018. So, I mean, we'll talk to Danny again down the line here, but and I don't want to jump into his head too far, but I would think if it was me, look, I did everything I possibly could to come back. I gave it my all. I didn't shy away from trying to get back out there. And I came back, and I got hit around. And by the way, before that, I was pitching in the big leagues, and I got to do it, which 99.99999% of people don't get a chance to do. So I would think that Danny Fargo can look in the mirror and feel pretty damn proud of himself. Of course, you're always going to miss not getting to do what you love. But an opportunity to be you know, with the White Sox and the organization, give back, that's, that's a pretty nice landing spot right there. Um and, you know, his comment to MLB.com about what he's looking to do, quote, let's put it nice and vague, it would, it would be to actually have the data on how their pitches move. He's trying to help out the draft picks and show them, not my opinion, not anybody's opinion, but show them where their pitches are most successful in the strike zone and work from there. Danny's a high, you know, he pays a lot of attention to analytics. Having that information right in front of you, hey, if you're able to locate your fastball here, it's going to be really good if you put it here. It's not going. It's going to be really bad. So, I mean, that's part of what analytics can do, right? You can see exactly where you are successful and where you're not successful. Now, incorporating that into you know doing it on the field, not the easiest, but having that data, uh, obviously, more and more organizations feeling it's extremely important and gives you an edge. And the White Sox trying to dial that up with Danny and seeing if he can help some guys in the minor leagues, at least to start out. Hey, Sox Fest is coming back. That's January 24th and 5th. It's in a new location. It's at McCormick Place. Two-day Fan Fest is going to span more than 100,000 square feet. It's huge, and it offers more ways to connect with your favorite Sox stars. Sox Fest 2020, presented by Beggar's Pizza, guaranteed rate, Old Dominion Freight Line, Security and Financial, and Wintrust. Single and two-day passes on sale now. Get yours at whitesocks.com slash SoxFest. Let's bring in our conversation with A.J. Przinsky. And, yes, yeah, speaking of the Danny Farquhar conversation we were just having about playing, A.J., do you miss playing the game now that you're well-retired? Do I miss playing? You know, that's the one question everybody wants to know. Do I miss playing? I miss if I could just play the game. If I could just walk out and play the game, if I didn't have to do the stuff before and after to get ready to play a game, meaning working out, studying the media. I know that now as a part of the media, I get the job that you have. But as a player, you just have so many other things in your mind that you want to do. 
um, and the traveling, which I still do a lot of, but the traveling for work as opposed to traveling for fun or or traveling when I want to go and where I want to go is a little different than having to go places. But uh, if I can just play baseball and play the game, of course, you always want one more bat, one more opportunity to get in there. So, yeah, you missed that part. I think people ask you about it because we're just we're still so jealous on this side, AJ. Like if if I could, I'd give up years on my life to have been a professional athlete in in multiple sports. <laughs> I th- I think that's really what's behind it. Yeah, no, I look. I mean, you always and I and I never really understood it. I think until you get out of it and you're tired, and I mean, I'm still involved in baseball, so I'm obviously still get to come to games. And I still get to talk about baseball, and I still get to watch baseball i get to go to the playoffs i mean i'm still very lucky but when you step in the batter's box or you step on the field and there's forty thousand people there cheering or booing whatever side you're on uh it is a different feeling that you can't experience any other way and once you retire you can never do it again you can never go back and say oh i want to do this again or i want to try this again because you just can't it's it's impossible it'll never happen again you can't go you can go play a pickup game or a softball game it's not the same as stepping into the batter's box with forty thousand people cheering or booing you yeah i mean i play softball on sunday mornings and uh sean marshall who pitched in the big leagues for i don't know 10 years he's out there and i'm like how you how do you even step on this field like these we're all a bunch of bozos out here you you can't do this I don't know, hitting a home run in Wrigley Field and having 20,000 Cub fans booing you and 20,000 Sox fans cheering you and running around the bases, I can't imagine a better feeling in life. No, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to describe to people, um, and it's hard to, to forget that feeling. And that's why I think a lot of people have a hard time once they retire from sports because you just can't get that feeling back. You just cannot make that feeling up once you've had it. And once you lose it, it's gone. And there's no other way to to get the rush, the adrenaline, the feelings you had before at playing that sport. And once it's gone, it's gone. Well, congrats, man! You got to do it for a long time, winning World Series, the whole thing. So it's it's. I mean, it's a hell of a run right there. Hey, let's let's talk about your guy Hawk Harrelson, who uh, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Damn it! I mean, come on, let's let's get Hawk in there, right? Uh, are you kidding me? Absolutely. Jeez, I mean, where do we even start uh, with Hawks' credentials? I think his credentials are probably unmatched by anybody, even the guys that are in. Um, all the years he put in with the White Sox, people forget he was with the Red Sox. He did national games. Uh, but the thing about Hawk is he's one of a kind. He's yep. a baseball icon. And think about how many times just walking down the street you hear people say his catchphrase, whether it's he gone or he put on the bull or whatever it is. I mean, he made those into not only baseball terminology, but just terminology in life in general. The whole unique thing, I mean, you you do a lot of broadcasting now, and this is not to take anything away from any broadcaster out there who's made it to the highest level doing major league games, but that guy who's willing to say whatever, they don't hire people like that anymore because you know the teams have so much control. But when you're a guy like Hawk who has the history, you, you never get rid of a guy like that because he has such value with the fan base. It's it's like you're never going to see a guy like that again. That's why, to me, he's such a treasure. Well, yeah, I mean, but here's, here's my thing. I talk to people when we go and do games for Fox. We do national games. We we, uh, we get to talk to the local announcers on the Friday night before the game. Most of them I know I played against or I've known since I played. And, and we, Hawk usually comes up, oh, you know, you know Hawk, and we love Hawk. Or, you know, some people were like, yeah, I didn't really like Hawk, but. It is he, Hawk was the thing about Hawk was Hawk loved the White Sox and he lived and died with every White Sox game. 
And that is something to be said for. If you're a local guy, you want your team to do well. Well, because you have to deal with them every day. Uh, as a national guy, like when I work at Fox, we come in and do one game a, you know, maybe a year. So we're given only positive stuff. But when you're like, you're the team every day, you see the ups and downs. You see the bad nights on the plane after games. And Hawk, Hawk lived and died with the White Sox. And he was a homer. And I think those local guys should be homers. Why not? You're rooting for a team. You get to know these guys. You spend time with more, more time with these guys than you do with your family. So he absolutely should be a homer, and he was great at it. And when the team lost, he was mad, and the team won, he was happy. And I'm all for that. And every team should be like that. And then as a fan, you, you watch these games, and you grow up, and you learn what the announcers are going to say and what they're going to – their phrases and, and how, how they talk about certain things. And, and in, a, in, a, in a local markets, that's the way it is. And that's the way it should be. Baseball is a regionalized game. It's not a, It's not a – national game it's a regionalized you turn on your local regional broadcast and you watch your announcers do it and i love it and people either love most of them love their local announcers as they should and and hawk is one of the best of all time at it conversation with aj perzinski sponsored by mazda of orland park and zoomzoomnation.com where they're always trying to make your car shopping fun and a reminder now, the White Sox pop-up shop is back at the Orland Square Mall. This offseason, you can visit the White Sox store at Orland Square Mall now through January the 15th, conveniently located across from the Apple Store. Fans can shop stadium exclusives and special promotions throughout the holidays. For more information, follow at White Sox Store on Instagram and everything AJ was saying right there. Anybody disagree with any of that, right? The dude loves the White Sox. The only thing I would take slight umbrage with there is like he loved because in the past tense hey man guy's still with us even though he's not broadcasting i know it doesn't you know we don't get to see hawk as often but we'll have him on the show soon enough here and hopefully he'll be on the show to be talking about going into the hall of fame as this year's award winner for the fort frick uh, we got to wait on that a little while longer, but uh, fingers crossed from everybody here at WGN that Hawk does make his way in. All right, I'll come on back and take a little look at what's going on in baseball and free agency. Jeff Passan making some news about the White Sox this week, so uh, we'll update you on that. And then uh, coming up at 5 o'clock, we'll have a little Bears and Bulls conversation. So it's White Sox Weekly to the top, and then a little more bonus coverage, little sports talk with you till 5.30 on 7.20 WGN. The Blackhawks and Penguins coming up, 5.30 pregame. Chris Bowden has been ready for that pregame show since Wednesday, and he's in the building now warming up the vocal cords to rock and roll at 5.30. Mark Carmen with you, White Sox Weekly, until the top of the hour, and then a little extra coverage coming up at 5 o'clock for you. A uh, moment of, moment of uh, just thinking about you, Northwestern. Tough loss for the Wildcats today. Uh, 24-22 to Purdue. That was an ouch. Um, been a tough season, but hey, uh, Pat Fitzgerald earlier in the week, without any doubt whatsoever, the Northwestern Wildcats will be back. And Fitz, I 1,000% believe you, but it has been one hell of a rough season for the Wildcats. Uh, just real quick, because I know a lot of people who love the White Sox also love their football. Just updated scores. Wisconsin's leading Iowa 14-6. to They're in the third quarter there. 
Uh, Badgers are at home. They've won their last three over Iowa. Michigan State is leading Illinois 28-10 in the, just to getting going in the third quarter. And then earlier today, Ohio State by Maryland 73-14. Uh, Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, good for them. 31-26 over Penn State. The Gophers are the biggest surprise in college football. They're 9-0, 6-0 in the Big Ten. And I did give you the Purdue score. And just real quick in the top 25, how about LSU routing Alabama right now? 33-13 as they're in the third quarter. Nick Saban and company going to get their first loss and might perhaps not get to play in the college football playoff this year. All right, Sox games are better with a group. It's never too early to lock in your 2020 group package from a diamond suite to a pregame patio party. You've got the perfect space for your occasion. For more information, visit whitesocks.com. Call 312-674-1000. And Ed Farmer, yes, I am thinking of you right now. Don't worry. I know. Notre Dame plays Duke. That's later tonight, 630 kickoff. The Irish coming in, 6-2. and two. Got you, Farmio. All right. News this week. Jeff Passan, outstanding baseball reporter, ESPN. Talking about the White Sox in his uh, column, what Jeff Passan is hearing about MLB free agency, and what he's hearing about the White Sox is, as he writes, meanwhile, on Chicago Southside, the White Sox and Jose Abreu both might try to work something out now that the team has made a qualifying offer. Sox and Abreu have discussed a long-term deal. This is not a surprise to anyone. Abreu is 32, is facing a tough market for aging first baseman and has a qualifying offer attached to him, which means the teams have to uh, give up draft picks. Teams already are loath to go in big at that age and position. The qualifying offer could make it even tougher. Nobody expects that Jose Abreu is going anywhere. I mean, Jose Abreu said he's going to sign his own contract with the White Sox. So how long and how much is the only question, and... I've heard two years, close to $50 million, which seems high to me, but maybe the White Sox will take care of Jose Abreu to that level. I would think it would be more closer to two years and 40. But, again, it's not my money, it's not your money, so whatever they're going to pay Jose, certainly the White Sox can afford it. It's not going to be some incredibly long extended deal. Uh, they might go for an extended deal with, I guess, Nicholas Castellanos. That rumor's been out there. Castellanos, the White Sox know him well from playing him for years in Detroit, and he did well with the Cubs uh, down the stretch this year. It was not the reason why the Cubs didn't get into the playoffs. So perhaps that'll be somebody the, the White Sox will add to their outfield. I do. I like Nick Castellanos. I'd be totally on board with that. But just word to the wise, he's not a very good outfielder. So if you've got... Eloy Jimenez, below average outfielder in left. Robert, above in center, theoretically. This is how it should look, right? And then you got Castellanos in right. You're not very good defensively in the outfield, so you better be scoring a bunch of runs. I mean, we had Darren Jackson on the show earlier today, if you're just joining us, and DJ's always talking about, you got to catch it, man. It makes your pitching staff look better. You win a lot. A lot of baseball games are one-run games. If you're not catching it, it's trouble. Uh, by the way, if you want to jump in on White Sox Weekly, 312-981-7200. I'll take any of your off-season questions. Scott Merkin did a piece on at MLB.com predicting the White Sox opening day roster. And he's got his catcher, his locks, James McCann, and Zach Collins. I don't think that will change. 
Um, you know, huge season for McCann last year, and clearly, I assume Collins is in the White Sox plans. I, I would be very surprised if they made a, a move with Zach, but um, you know, Zach Collins probably will spend some time, I would think, at catcher, certainly some time at DH, and maybe even some time at first base this year. Um, but the work behind the plate, it just, it, it was dicey, let's put it that way, last year. So he, he clearly can use some more time becoming uh, a serviceable uh, catcher in the big leagues. First base, he writes Jose Abreu and throws in Zach Collins, I'm, and I expect Abreu will be there. Uh, second base, he writes the locks are none. Possibilities, Nick Madrigal, Larry Garcia, Yolmer Sanchez, Danny Mendek. That's accurate, but I think we all know that Nick Madrigal is going to be the starting second baseman. He'd have to fall on his face. Now, is he the opening second baseman on day one? Or is that Yolmer, if they decide to bring him back, his arbitration number is up five, six million, so maybe the White Sox won't want to pay that for Yolmer. I personally would pay it, but again, I don't make those decisions. You're aware of that. So we'll see. If it's not Yolmer, then you could have you could have a situation where maybe Garcia and Mendek are splitting time there, or one of them is running with it, and you're waiting for Madrigal to get to the big leagues. Tim Anderson's going to be your shortstop, no doubt about that. Moncada's going to be your third baseman. Eloy's going to play left, and I think it's pretty obvious that uh, Luis Roberts is going to play center. What they do in right field is the big question of the offseason, in my mind. So we'll see. Uh, a lot of interesting candidates. From Yasiel Puig to Nicholas Castellanos, a lot of ways the White Sox could go with that outfield. So I, I, I'm uh, I'm interested and excited to see how that will all shake out. And who they add into the staff. Dallas Keuchel is certainly out there as a lefty. And Madison Bumgarner, uh, I would love to see here. I don't think the White Sox are going to be a player for Garrett Cole in any way, shape, or form. I don't think they'll even make a call on that. Because they know how much money it's going to be, and I think they know they're not going to go and do that. All right, top of the hour, we'll honor Tommy Edwards and uh, talk about Mitch Trubisky, which will not be an honoring. That's next, 720 WGN.